Las Vegas. Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you would dial 702-650-5588. Again, if you're local, if you have a praise report, if you have a prayer request, if you have a general comment, question, we'd love to hear from you locally. Please dial 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That would be 800-366-8883. Again, that That number would be 800-366-8883. We are being streamed over the internet at KKVV's website in real time, and their web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. We're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website, and our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please go to our website again, www.savethelostlv.org. Click on to Radio Archives. Listen to what you like. Um, the gospel is always free on our watch. We'd love for you to encourage others to listen as well. Again, it would be free for them. If you have an Apple device, then we are being archived for free on iTunes as well. Now, most of us do have a cell phone. So if you have a cell phone or access to one, I strongly encourage you to lock in KKVV's cell number where you can listen to the radio station at any time. You can actually listen to the radio ministry now. So I'm going to give you that number. I really, really encourage you to put it under one of your contact uh, list in your cell phone. So that would be 563-999-3194. It only works in the United States. I'm going to give it to you again. 563-999-3194. And again, we would like to thank Minister Susan Michelle Parham for blessing us uh, last week with that wonderful lesson on effectual prayer. So we love you, Minister Susan. Definitely love you, Deacon Samuel. And thank you for your faithfulness and your discipleship. And always listening. We appreciate that as well. Now, as we know, last Sunday was Resurrection Sunday. And I would like us to... uh look at some investigation here in the Bible. And the question I'm going to put to you today is, did Judas take communion? And it's going to be a two-part series. So this is going to be part one. And the question I'm asking you is, did Judas take communion? So we are going to look at the scriptures 
and uh, I need to read something to you first out of the Bible to get your mind and your heart and your soul ready to receive what we will be discussing over the next two weeks. So I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians and we're going to go to chapter 11 and we're going to look at verses 27 through 34. And a lot of you uh, may say, well, what is communion? So maybe I should ask, uh, answer that question first. Uh, it is the Eucharist. And that is the Christian ceremony commemorating the Last Supper in which bread and wine are consecrated and consumed. So that's what communion is. So it's uh usually done on first Sunday in most worship environments, and it is the taking of the communion. That's what you see when you normally go into a worship uh, environment. So uh, it's about the consecrated elements, and that would be um, the bread and the wine. And most people uh, in a um, Christian setting will uh, take uh, grape juice. So that is what we're talking about. Now let's read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to look at verses 27 through 34. And I also have a Greek word for you today. So let me read these scriptures and uh, get your mind and your heart open to receive what the Lord is saying for you. And then I'll give you a Greek word and then we'll get into uh, our discussion and investigation. Again, I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm looking at verses 27 through 34. And the word of God says this, verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 29, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. 30, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you and may and many sleep. 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. 32, but when we are judged, we are chastised excuse me, chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. 33, therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. 34, but if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment and the rest I will set in order when I come. Amen. So there we have it. That was 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verses 27 through 34. And to uh, give a little uh, insight on that. So, verse 27. So that whoever may be eating this bread or drinking the cup of the Lord without valuing it will be liable concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. So, we have to understand that if you're not valuing it, then you could be liable when you're eating and drinking the cup of the Lord because it's concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. When we look at verse 28, yet let him be testing himself, thus let him be eating out of the bread and let him be drinking out of the cup. 
So there's a testing that's going on that we see in verse 28, 29. For the one eating and drinking without valuing it is eating and drinking to himself to the consequence of that decision not discriminating the body of the Lord. You're just doing it for nothing. And this is to be a representative of the body of the Lord. You know, this is a consecration. This is not like any regular bread that you would be eating or any regular drink. This is to put us in the mindset to equate us with what the Lord did for us on the cross. Now, when we look at uh, verse 30, through this among you, many are weak and sick and enough are sleeping. Just totally clueless. When it says sleeping. They're not physically sleep here. There's a spiritual sleep here. And there will be those who are sick and weak among us. 31, for if we have been discriminating, we have not ever been judged. So the thing is, is that we don't want to be judged. And many of us wouldn't be judging ourselves. But some of us are putting a high value on what we do and a low value on what others do. That we need some type of out. We need to have more consideration. 32. Being judged yet under the Lord. We are being child trained. That we may not be judged against together with the world. See the thing is. Is that. Again it's the mindset. Not valuing. Not appreciating. Not respecting. Not having reverence for what our Lord has done for us when we do this in remembrance of him. What would be the difference between us and the world at this particular time? 33, so therefore my brothers coming together to eat, be waiting for one another. You know, be compassionate. Be careful. And concerned about everybody's soul when you're referring to them as a brother. They're a brother or sister in Christ. They're your family, your eternal family. In 34, if yet any may be hungry, let him be eating at home, that you may be coming together, not in the consequence of that decision. Yet the rest I will be prescribing as when I may be coming. So the thing is, is that this is a very serious undertaking. And it shouldn't just happen in a worship environment. Because when you talk about worship, when do you not worship God? Everything you do is a form of worship. So it's important 
because how you treat your fellow brothers and sisters says a lot about yourself. So let's make sure that we line up. And I think it's time for that Greek word now. So let me give it to you. And then we will get into our discussion. Did Jesus, excuse me, did Judas take communion? Okay, so the word that I have for you today comes out of Strong's uh, 5092. Again, it comes out of Strong's number 5092. And the word is Time. And it's spelled T-I-M-E. And it has a little accent over the E. It's a noun. And it means a price. Honor. So, according to honor... You have to pay respect. You have to properly perceive the value, the worth. So it's a price has been paid. So it's an honor that's been paid for with a price. So it's something that is has great weight and value. And we need to let that marinate in our hearts and our mind as we further get into our discussion again did you did Judas take communion all right so let's look into that so first thing we have to do is we have to line out the sequence of events and so we're going to go into uh the new testament and we will see the events that took place so i guess uh we should start out about uh when Judas went to the chief priests. So we're going to see that in Matthew 26, verse 14, Mark 14, 10, and Luke 23, verses 2 through 6. I'll say that again. We're going to look at Matthew 26, 14 first. Then we're going to go to Mark 14, 10. Then we're going to look at Luke 23, verses 2 through 6. And we're asking here... um, or shall I say we're making a statement because the scriptures make the statement that uh, Judas had went to the chief priests to portray Jesus for money. So Matthew twenty six fourteen, and the word of God says this. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest, 15, and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver, 16. So from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Hmm. See, he made a uh, a request in the form of a question. What are you willing to give me? So Mark 14, 10 says, Then Judas uh, Issachar, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray him to them. Then Luke 23 verses 2 through 6 says this, verse 2, and they began to accuse him saying, we found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. 3. Then Pilate asking asked him saying, are you the king of the Jews? He answered him and said, is it as you say? Four. So Pilate said to the chief priest and the crowd, I find no fault in this man. Five. But they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. Six. When Pilate heard of Gal- Galilee, he asked if the man was Galilean. So, 
Now we're going to look at the second sequence. The disciples all ate at least the initial part of the Passover supper. Okay, catch that in your spirit. It said partial. It said all the disciples ate at least a part of the initial Passover supper. So remember the question that we asked? Did Judas take communion? So let's start looking real close here. Again, we're going to go to, I'm going to repeat the statement. The disciples ate all, excuse me, the disciples all ate at least the initial part of the Passover supper. I'm just getting excited. So forgive me. This is really, really good for me. Now, Mark 14, 17, we're going to look there, and then we're going to look at Luke 22, 14. Again, Mark 14, 17, then we're going to go to Luke 22, 14. Mark 14, 17, and the Word of God says this, In the evening he came with the twelve. Luke 22, 14, When the hour had come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. Okay, so we see what's going on here. Three, after the initial part of the Passover supper was ended, the devil puts in Judas's heart to betray Jesus. Jesus washes all their feet. And we'll look at that at John 13, verses 2 through 11. Can you imagine the king of kings, the Lord of lords, knowing who Judas is in the natural and the supernatural? And he washes his feet and he's given a lesson to the disciples in servitude and humility. See, Jesus wants to give Judas every opportunity to repent. How more humble can you be than to wash your enemy's feet? It is amazing what's going on here. Again, we're looking at John 13 and we're looking at verses 2 through 11. And verse 2 says this, And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Issachar, Simon's son, to betray him. 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. Verse 4. Rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. 5. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Six, then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Seven, Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Eight, Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. 
9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. 10, Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. If you are clean, but not all of you. 11, for he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. He gives a clue right there. It says right here, the end of verse 11, you are not all clean. Now, he washed them, their feet. So, it has to be a heart condition. And we saw in the beginning of it that the devil had already put into Judas's heart to portray him. But we also know the scriptures tell us that we can resist the devil. So here we have, right here. And Peter didn't quite understand it. But there was a lesson, I told you, that Jesus was teaching the disciples in humility and servitude. We're going to take a call and then we're going to get back to it. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs and God bless you. Thank you for waiting. Thank you, ma'am, for having me. Long time I haven't talked to you and I missed you, but you're still in my prayers. And in my heart. It's so wonderful to hear you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I wanted to say that uh, it's not judging, but I see lots of us Christians nowadays taking bread without reverence or anything like that. We take it like in a blink of an eye, like, like something that is just there, and we'll just take it like that because it's there. I mean, a lot of... A lot of people say, you don't need to go down there in the altar and kneel down. You don't really need to. God is love, and all you have to say is just forgive me, Lord, and that's it. But but there's none of these that you're talking about, and you know what? I don't think that it's right. What do you think? I, I need to ask you, what, what do you think? Well, I, I think that uh, I hear what you're saying, but for me... I have to stand before the Lord, my Savior, and give an account for what I'm doing. And what I can't do when I'm giving account for what I'm doing is saying, well, look at what everybody else did because he died for me. Uh, The Holy Spirit resides in me. The Holy Spirit, I don't want to be against. I want to feel the conviction. I want to feel... Uh, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I want to feel the help of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be in opposition. I want to be obedient. I want to be uh, faithful. And I can't do that if I'm constantly in opposition, if I'm constantly uh, listening to things that are totally against the kingdom. Because if you listen long enough, uh, uh, eventually you'll start doing that that you're listening to. So I have to really concentrate on where I am, study the scriptures, and make sure that I'm checking myself. It's like when you uh, check for your pulse, uh, because you could have your heart racing, or it could be not beating fast enough. But there's a way to help you 
uh, identify that by checking the pulse. So I want to make sure that I'm checking my spiritual pulse very often because I have a responsibility when I came into relationship with him and I made a vow to him. I committed to him. It's like when you're married, uh, you make a vow and you make a vow to the Lord. Now, whether the other party in the marriage performs what they're supposed to do or not, you still have a responsibility to perform what you agree to. So we cannot be discouraged. We cannot look at what other people are doing or saying. It grieves us, sis. That's all you do. You, you grieve because you, you, you're just saying that's a brother or that's a sister. And, um, you know, they, uh, seem to have forgotten their commitment. Uh, something else seems to have gotten their attention. So what I try to do and what I would like to do is to be a good witness. And, um, you know, make sure that I care for them and pray for them. And, uh, you know, because uh, when we read uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and we looked at verses, uh, what was it, uh, 27 through 34, he said there were those that were sick among us. Uh, also, they were those that were hungry. You know, they're thirsting uh, and they're thirsting for the living water. So we have to make sure that uh, we are holding them up as best that we can. But we will see here at the end of the day, it's their choice. At the end of the day, it was Judas's choice. Yes, ma'am. You know, Jesus never rejected him. Jesus never uh, turned him away and gave him every opportunity to have a discussion with him, to pray, to ask for help, to repent. Every opportunity. So this is what we have to see. We have to see ourselves in this lesson. And you know I love you, and it was so wonderful to hear your voice, and thanks for calling in. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I just see that uh, since we're we're called to be saved, and, and they say, well, I'm saved, so I don't need to reverence the Lord. You know, I just don't need that. It, it's too too much. It, that's that was a long time ago. Not it's not like that nowadays. And I've heard it like that, and and it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. But I love your teaching because that touches my heart. Well, I love you too, and I appreciate you calling in. And uh, we will just encourage them to read the scriptures, and that you know I don't mind them taking a position, but it should line up with scripture. So the thing is, is that Jesus is the same that he was, you know, yesterday, today, and forevermore. So whatever he was teaching, it applied then, it applies now, and it will uh, apply in the future. So it hasn't changed. So my thing is, is that they can make that statement. But if they're going to make the statement as it to be a true statement, then it should line up with the one who is the source of our truth. And I'm just like, can you show me that in scripture? Because everybody, most people have a cell phone. They should be able to pull it up very quick. If that's something that they're standing on, that's something that they're believing in, and they believe that it's scripturally based, they shouldn't have a problem, you know, sharing it with me. And I'm not saying that to attack them. You know, I'm not want to, you know, be an adversary and have a, a fight with them. I just, you know, if that's something new, uh, I want to get the memo too. But sometimes taking them back to the Word of God will bring them into remembrance and the Holy Spirit can work on them. Thank you so much. I learned my, my uh, lesson today. All right. Thank well, know that much. I love you and, and welcome home. And you take care, beautiful. 
Give me, give your my love to your family. Please. Oh, I sure will. You know I will. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Oh, man, we love her. Such a wonderful, faithful listener and supporter of KKVV. God bless you, sis. So we are looking at the next statement, and it would be, they were told that they were not all clean, a clear reference to Judas. So let's look at John, and we're going to go to chapter 13, verse 11. Again, we're looking at John 13, verse 11, and the word of God says this, For he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. Yes, Jesus knew. But Judas knew too. Now, uh, let's look at uh, the fifth statement here. All or a few of them sat back down at the table to dip sops. And that would come out of John 13, 12, and then verse 28. We're going to look at John 13, verse 12, and then verse 28. So John 13, 12 says, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? And then the 28th verse says, But no one at the table knew for what reason he had said this to them. Hmm. Got them thinking now, doesn't he? So, now, let's look at John thirteen twenty one. The disciples are then told that one of them would betray Jesus. John 13, verse 21. When Jesus has said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. It still makes me pause. Because I know that the prophecy had to be fulfilled. And our Lord and Savior had to be crucified. And he had to be betrayed. But that's no longer the case now. The work has been completed. So, as the caller was saying, she has observed some things in the house of God. That grieves her spirit. And listening to believers. Being very cavalier. About their relationship. With our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's unsettling. And I definitely understand where she's coming from. But I encourage you all who are listening. To examine yourselves and ensure that you are in right standing, that you're getting back to a place 
of all reverence for our Lord and Savior. Because we can do nothing without him who saved us. Verse 7. Well, it's the statement 7. Let me correct myself. They asked, including Judas, Is it I? And who it was? Now it's got everybody thinking. So we go to Matthew 26, 25, and then we're going to go to John 13 and look at verses 20 through to 25. Again, Matthew 26, 25. Then we're going to go to John 13 and look at verses 22 through 25. Matthew 26, 25, the word of God says this, Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, You have said it. Judas, he asked the question, Rabbi, is it I? And what did our Lord and Savior reply? He said to him, you have said it. Then let's look at John 13, 22 through 25. And verse 22 reads, Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. 23, now there was learning, excuse me, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. 24, Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. 25, then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Then we look at the... uh The eighth statement, they are told that the one that dips his salt with Jesus would be his betrayer. We look at John 13, verse 26, and then we're going to look at Mark 14, verses 18 through 20. Again, John 13, 26, Mark 14, 18 through 20. And John 13, 26, the word of God says, Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Issachar, the son of Simon. Mark 14, 8, 20. 18 through 20. That's what I meant to say. Verse 18. Now as they sat and ate, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, One of you who eats with me will betray me. 19. And they began to be sorrowful and to say to him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? Verse 20. He answered and said to them, It is the one of the twelve who dips with me in the dish. So to sop, S-O-P, means to dip. A lot of you are familiar with dipping sauces, so it would mean to dip something. So that's what it means, that they dipped. They didn't eat. 
They just dipped. And see, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is just not talking about physically eating. He is the bread of life. Look at all the lessons he taught them. Look at all the time that he spent with them. Look at all the wisdom he dispensed. Look at all the things he told them first that others are still trying to figure out and hear. And we look at ourselves today. Are we the type of children that we just dip and not really eat spiritually the meal that our Lord and Savior has prepared for us at his table that is spread out for all who will come and be in relationship and with whom he sits and presides over are we just dipping we're going to take a caller at this time hello thank you for waiting you're on save the loss at all costs and god bless you uh, praise the lord to your answer about judas uh taking the cup uh at passover uh the bread that he was uh, sopping in the cup with the Lord was unleavened bread. And um, Judas did that, and he did it unworthily. And then it, it, it goes to the whole of the Scripture. If anyone eat that bread unworthily, you know, uh, actually eat damnation to himself. That's why sicknesses is in the church and, and all this other kind of things are going on, and some who sleep. So some people have actually died for not uh, you're doing this worthily, you know, of the Lord, you know, blood and in his body, because the brokenness of that bread was his, the brokenness of his body, that he's going to be beat. But, you know, it, 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 the curious thing, the question that I have, mm-hmm. when the Messiah went into the belly of the earth to set captivity captive, it, 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 there's Abraham was, and then the other side is the rich man with Lazarus still. And I wonder when Judas died, did he ask for forgiveness down there? Because he he went down there and said everybody all the way back from Adam, them who just was, you know, and 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 Moses and all who died in faith, and then it's like he took captivity captive, and he everybody was in prison that wanted to be free could get. Be set free because the atonement had had been done, and it is it, just it's just curious because it says one time he went back to 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 heaven and then threw it on the altar of God, and then I'm, I'm just wondering if if you know it's something to think about it. But that was the feast of unleavened bread that that he did, and at the Passover seder, and uh, Judas did do it, and the Lord warned if you do it unworthily, then you could be you know in, in judgment with God the Father in, in the end. All right, then. That's my question. All right. Well, I appreciate you calling in, and God bless you. Bless you. All right. Bye-bye. It's something to constantly ponder. But the thing is, is that we have to look at ourselves. This is truly a lesson that we 
need to get individually. It's very, very important because you see the 12 asked a very excellent question. Is it I? And the one who was doing the betraying, he knew he was the betrayer. Yet he still asked the question. So those of us who are walking with the Lord, conviction is real. And we have an opportunity to partake in the gift of repentance. Because no man knows the hour of when our Lord and Savior is coming back, Jesus Christ. Oh, but make no mistake, he's coming. And when he comes back, it'll be too late. We have an opportunity to get it right with him. Amen. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. Yes, hello. Hi, woman of God. Hello, Um, how are you? I'm blessed. How are you? I'm blessed. It's wonderful to hear your voice. You sound great. Yeah, I'm doing better. Anyway, I wanted to ask you, um, I agree with the the previous caller about everything he was saying. That was deep and profound. But my question is a little bit more simple. Like, you always talk about the conviction of the heart. Now, when the disciples were sitting around saying, Is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? Like, I mean, like, they knew that it wasn't them, but were they just checking to make sure? Was it out of fear? Like, of course, Judas knew it was him. But the other disciples, like, why were they wondering, was it them, when they knew that it wasn't them? Okay, you asked a wonderful question. Do you remember uh, Nathan and King David? Yeah, okay, wait, wait, yes. Okay, so, so Nathan was the prophet, right? Okay. And uh, he came to King David. But Nathan and, was like the, well, this, uh, the son of Samuel, right? No, no, no that's, okay. that's Samson. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, so uh, the son, excuse me, is Solomon. So Solomon okay. is uh, David's son. No, Nathan was a prophet that was sent to King. To, to King David mm-hmm. to show him his transgression in a public setting okay because he Um, had taken Bathsheba Bathsheba was not his wife right she was Uriah's wife okay not only was she not his wife he impregnated her Mm -hmm. so (laughs) that is a serious affront to the Lord and yeah. then not only did he, he didn't stop there. He made sure Uriah was put into the hottest part of the battle and was killed. And Uriah was one of David's faithful servants. Right. Okay. So the prophet was sent, which was Nathan. Right. To talk to David and basically said, um, and I'm paraphrasing that there was a man that had everything. And then there was a man had only had a she goat Mm -hmm. and the man that had everything took the she goat. Mm. And David was very, um, you know, grieved by that and said, basically that that man that took that she goat, uh, he, he should be dead. And the man Mm. who lost the she goat, because that was the only thing that he had, Mm. he should be, Mm. you know, compensated. Mm -hmm. And basically the prophet said, that man is you, David. 
And then that's when David recognized that he had sinned. And he said, I've sinned against you, Lord, and only oh, you. And then God, you know, went on to tell him, I would have gave you anything. All you had to do was ask. So they're very aware of that, these disciples. So they wanted to know, and it's just my opinion, okay? I'm just giving you an opinion. I understand. That um, if he would have told them that it was them, then they would have had an opportunity to repent and to tell him, him being Jesus, how sorry they were. Right, because we all have sinned. So the thing is, is that it was important to find out if it was them individually because they wanted to get back in right standing with Christ had it been. Because you remember once uh, Jesus had been resurrected and um, Mary Magdalene, you know, she was given the task to tell, to evangelize and to tell the good news, but then said, go get Simon Peter. And, um, you know, Jesus had made himself known to Simon Peter because he was the first of the disciples that he asked, you know, yeah. besides Mary of the 12 mm-hmm. to go see because Mary was not of the 12. Right. But you have to have to also understand that Jesus had a conversation with Peter and basically asked Peter, did he love him? Because now he needed to know would Peter be willing to be that type of servant that he would lay down his life because it was going to cost him his life. And he says, you know that I love you. And then Jesus basically said, well, feed my sheep. See, so it was important that these disciples had an opportunity to make it right. Right. Standing in his presence, they needed to know if it was them. So that's why they all asked that. A lot of us, when we pray, we said, Lord, show us our sin. Right, show right. us what it is that we're doing that is not, that is not lining up. Show right. us, you know, it's things are befalling us. Yeah. Things are happening to us. And we need to know, right. is it our doing or oh, is it absolutely. our undoing? I mean, that's my prayer every day. I just need to understand, like, and from their perspective, I know my perspective. So that, that would be, that would yeah. be my opinion that they wanted to have the opportunity to well, line up. I don't have to agree. I have to agree. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I do have to agree. So like, the thing I is, we're is not that, always going to agree, but I agree. So totally. we, we have a great opportunity right now, sis, to line up, to, to, ex, to examine ourselves, to take That's this opportunity. As I'm sorry. A, I'm there. A, how beautiful. Our Lord has been with His grace and His mercy. That He too has, as He, as He too continues to wash our feet. As He continues, as He continues to prepare us and to cleanse us. But it's a heart condition. Come on, sis. Don't make me go to another It's a heart condition. So the thing is, is that, you know, what defiles us is not what comes out of our mouth. It's what's in our heart. Wow, man. So if you okay. want to receive everything that the Lord has for you, you have got to be honest with him. You've Hallelujah. got to be transparent with him. Yes. You've got to trust him. Absolutely. You have to have a testimony that's based Great. on a test. And the test is for you to oh agree with him and stop listening to the enemy. See, the thing is, is that Judas chose to listen to the enemy. Now he knows that the Lord has never ever once 
given him a reason to do that. He's eaten with him physically, okay, supernaturally. So the thing is, is that anything the devil could try to do to bring a charge against uh, Jesus in the form of Judas, it was no charge. There was nothing that he did. But we have to see that the prophecy had to be fulfilled. And the prophet, this is what we have to understand. This had to take place in order for us to be able to have everlasting life. This had to be done. But okay, that work is done. What's our excuse now? Amen. There's really none because. So that's the whole thing. There's no reason why we cannot be transparent. There's no reason why we can't trust God. There's no reason why we can't confess to God. And there's there's no reason for us not to, you know, seek his forgiveness and repent. See, that's the whole thing. It's no point in saying, oops, I got caught. You just upset that you got caught. There has to be a transformation. See, the Holy Spirit is not going to be against itself. If you do not want the Holy Spirit to be in your temple, in your, in your spirit, guess what? The Holy Spirit is not going to fight you for that. Right. Okay. So, you know, that's the whole thing. He pro- he provided an opportunity for us to have everlasting life, to be able to stand before the Lord and give an account. You know what I mean? Right now in this present day, we have that great opportunity and we need to do it. Amen. You know, so the thing is, is that we're still pondering the question, did Judas take communion? And I think it's going to become very clear to you because if a person took communion with the wrong heart condition, then guess what? They bring damnation on themselves. Right. Like the, the, the other caller was saying. Yeah, I, I get that. But, you know, so that, yeah. that's the whole thing. So let's yeah. look at uh, the ninth statement, if you will. Judas is told that he is the one and given the salt. So we're going to find this in John 13, verse 27, and then we're going to look at verse 30. So, sis, you stay with reading with us, and we love you, and God bless you. I love you more. God bless you, too. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, John 13, verse 27, and the Word of God says this, Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him, and Jesus, excuse me, then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. Then look at the 30th verse of John 13. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately and it was night. Okay, you see this? He left. All right. Mark that. He left. He being Judas. You guys see that? All right. So let's go to now, look at our, uh, and that would be the 10th statement. After being given a sop, Judas immediately goes out from them and goes to the chief priest. Okay, so let's look at John, and we're going to look at uh, 1330. So let's go to John 1330. And like I told you, this is a two-parter. All right. And the Word of God tells me this. 
Again, having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. Okay? So, that said immediately. And, and the sop that we're talking about is a mere morsel. It's a very small piece. Just a morsel of bread. A morsel. So, Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, as we know it, the Christian communion, with the eleven. Because I told you, he went out. Judas went out. So let's go to Matthew, and we're going to look at chapter 26, verse 26. Again, we're going to Matthew 26, and we're going to look at verse 26. And the Word of God says this. We're coming down to the last couple of minutes, so I think I can get this in right quick. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Okay, so we got that. So let's go to Mark. And we're going to go to 14, 22 through 25. We're going to go to Mark 14. And we're going to go to 22, verse 25. And I think that is about as far as I can get today. And the word of God says this. Verse 22. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, take, eat. This is my body. 23. Then he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. 24. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. 25. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. So we're going to stop right there. Uh, remember, Jesus is teaching a very, very valuable lesson in humility and uh, servitude. And Judas has left the building for real. So we're going to stop right there and we'll pick it back up. We love you. Save the loss at all costs. God bless. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.